Hey everyone, welcome to the Wandering Years podcast, a podcast where we declare the truth that not all who wander are lost. Yeah, so often the young adult years seem like years that are wandering, figuring out who we are. And our hope with this podcast is that you would know that not every moment is a wandering moment and that we'd love to join in this journey together with you. So I'm Andrew. And I'm William. Let's join in this journey together. Welcome back, everyone to the Wandering Years podcast. I almost said the Perspectives podcast, and I had to remember that this is no longer that. The artist formerly known as. The, the old the old series of things has passed away, and the new has come. Amen. Uh, this is the Wandering Years podcast. And I'm William, and I'm here with Andrew. And we're going to begin this week with our um, Word of the Week, like we always do. This is um, something that we've come across this week in our reading and our studying and all the other million things we do at the church um, that has just grabbed hold of us. And so, Andrew, what's your Word of the Week? Uh, yeah, man, I think that uh, the topic that we're talking about today uh, with singleness uh, and kind of taking a look at both singleness and dating for young adults uh, I came across this quote as I was preparing for this uh, time today, and and I think it's a really beautiful thing because so often when we think about the idea of singleness, uh, we see it sometimes as a curse. We see it as being put on the sideline, not ready to get in the game yet. Uh, and I love what Andrina Sawyer says when it comes to God, and it says, it says this, one of the most dangerous traps for the believer is a good thing that's not a God thing. Oh, man. And and I'm like, whoa. It, it applies not just to what we're talking about today. It applies to life. We can look and see that there are so many good things in our life. But that doesn't mean that God has those in store for us or has those as part of what we're doing right now. And we'll talk about that more uh, as we get into the meat of the conversation. But I'm going to throw it back to you as we talk Word of the Week. What's yours, William? Um, so mine comes from uh, another podcast that I like to listen to. It's called the And Sons Podcast, Wild at Heart Ministries puts it on. And they're wrapping up their podcast in general, and they were bringing on all the guys who work at Wild at Heart to come, all the older men, and to say a few words about um, what they would tell themselves if they were 20, when they were 20. So like, what's the one phrase that you'd write on your mirror? And um, Morgan Snyder was on there. He wrote the book Becoming a King. Um, really, really awesome guy. Um, but he said he'd tell himself to do everything slower. Talk slower. Walk slower. Eat slower. Excuse me if I'm irreverent, but make love to his wife slower. Um, all of these kind of things. And... <sighs> That really, um, really hit me because I, I feel like I've been moving through life um, way too fast, ha- have, have kind of been missing the present. My life's really crazy right now, like getting married in March, closing on a house soon, finishing schools, final exams. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one thing after another, and I feel like I've just like been moving and going and going and going. And um, it, it hit me. I went back and listened to her podcast on social media. And I read this Wendell Berry poem as my word of the week. And I was kicking myself because I read it way too fast. I was like, I did not give any kind of space for the pauses, for the, the breathing, um, for kind of sitting in the silence of it. 
And that's what that whole poem was about, and I just totally missed it. And so I'm hoping to live deliberately and, uh, and do, do things slower because, I mean, God, God meets us in the moment. And so, yeah, that's my word of the week. All right, well, now, Andrew, we're going to get into this conversation, and we're talking about singleness today. And for a lot of our, our people in the wondering years, that's um, something that you've gone through, whether that's you right now or whether that was you. Um, we've all been in this, this stage of um, leaving home, going to college, moving to a new town or to the same old town and um, feeling uh, alone and struggling in churches to, to feel like we, we matter there and wrestling with um, you know, God's plan for us. Um, in our singleness. And so that's that's our topic today, and hopefully we can um, meet people where they are. Um, but our first question is just, hey, what is God's design for singleness? Yeah. You know, I think that so often, and one of the things as we think about singleness too, we think about being in seasons of singleness, but there's also seasons where we're in a season of singleness. Maybe we enter into a dating relationship and we're like, we've made it. And then it doesn't work out. And then we're back to singleness and we're like, man, we're back here again. And we wrestle with what does this have to do with who I am? What does this have to, you know, what does this have to do with who God has called me to be? And I think it's so important, first of all, before we even get into God's design for singleness, we need to hear, and I want you to hear if you're listening to us today, that God does have a design for those who are in seasons of singleness. So often, I guess, in the, in the church today, definitely things shift towards families uh, more than singles. But hear this, that God sees you if you're in a season of singleness or have been and says, hey, I have a design for you and I'm doing things in your life right now. That's important to hear. That's important to understand. Uh, you know, I think that in the midst of this, there's a lot of writing that goes on through Scripture as we look at uh, as we look at scripture, you know, Paul says, you know, in first Corinthians seven, seven, he says, Hey, I wish that you were as I am, which he was single at the time. Uh, but each of us has our own gift. Uh, most of the disciples were single. You know, we see that in the midst of this, um, I think that God calls singleness good, uh, and and I think that just as, you know, you look at dating and marriage relationships and so many people say, you've got so much to learn in those relationships, God, God has things for you to learn in seasons of singleness as well. Uh, and the question is, it doesn't, it doesn't look like for us, if we're in a season of singleness or have been, oh, I need to wait till I get into the dating and the marriage relationship in order to learn things from God. We need to be available to have the ears to hear and eyes to see what God has to, to say to us now, even in seasons of singleness. Uh, I don't know, William, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, no, that's all really, really good, and you're right. Um, as crazy as it sounds, it really is a gift um, that God has given us. Um, it's a gift that God has given us so that we can become to step into who he created us to be, so that we can know our, um, our calling, um, what he's made us for. And the image that I like to give is going back to creation, um, to the garden. So God created Adam. And this is a, like ancient Hebrews reading this story would have found it hilarious. But um, God put Adam in the garden to 
have dominion, um, to uh, bring order to chaos, to make things beautiful. And uh, but he didn't have a partner; he was uh, alone. That's the only thing that God said was not good. And so God kind of brings Adam to all the other animals out there and is like, "Is this going to do, Adam? Is this going to do? Is this going to do?" And Adam found no um, contentment. And then Eve comes along. God creates Eve, and finally Adam is gone. Oh my gosh, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like finally, at last. Um, and so, uh, and then he just relishes in it, and it's wonderful. But Adam would have never known that joy, and would not have known his direction, had it not been for that time of singleness. Yeah. And so, for us. Um, we uh, need our gardening projects too. I got this from John Mark Comer, but like in your time of singleness, like this is a time for you to see what like what your gardening project is, what that thing is that God has put you here um, to do, what He's calling you to do, and to step into who He made you to be. And then you have like you have a self. I'm a firm believer in you cannot give what you don't have. And if you go and you look for that kind of direction or purpose in a, in a relationship, you're not going to really have a self to give. You're just going to try to be to get. And um, then it's going to, to, to throw things off. And so I think that singleness really is um, re- really, really is a gift. Um, secondly, I wanted to quote Sam Alberry. Sam Alberry um, is an English pastor. He works in Nashville now at Emmanuel Church, and he wrote a, a book. I think it's called The Seven Myths of Singleness. Yeah. Oh, man. And he had a couple quotes that um, really just show us God's design for singleness, and it's this. If marriage shows us the shape of the gospel, singleness shows us its sufficiency. Um, because really, all of our desires. Our desires reveal our design, um, and our design is for life with God. And so all of our desires for family, for relationship, for marriage, those begin and end with God. And when we see him face to face, we'll say, this is what I've wanted all along. Um, and so, um, And so, man, like, even if we go without those earth, the earthly manifestations of those things, uh, singleness shows us the sufficiency of the gospel that it's okay, and that His grace is enough. So, yeah, but I think it's important to understand for so many, and I know I felt this in my life. Yeah, and and William, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel confident in saying you probably felt this at one point. Is uh, sometimes, just as this podcast is called The Wandering Years, sometimes seasons of singleness feel like wandering. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah, you feel like you're in the desert. Yes, and you're like, I see what the world has called me to. I see what Scripture says about, you know, I'm supposed to marry someone and leave my family, and, and she's supposed to leave her family, and we're supposed to come together as Leave one. and cleave, baby. Exactly, but 
what's going on? You know, so often for people who may have been single and are single right now or have been single, enter into dating relationships, it didn't go well, and you're back single again, or that, that process continuing on multiple, on multiple fronts, sometimes it's so hard to look at this place where you're in, it's almost like being in this waiting room at a doctor's office where you're like, I, I, I want to get out of here, but I don't know how to. But what I'm here to tell you and, and what we're here to tell you today is that uh, there is beauty to be learned in the waiting room in the doctor's office. God has things in store for you to learn there. Uh, it's not about it's not about just being on the sideline. You're in the game now, and just as God is the potter, uh, we have the opportunity to be the, the clay, to be molded into being the person that God has called us to be, man, woman, person of God. Uh, so I guess, William, as we kind of think through this, the question is this. So what we're saying to the people right now is, hey, Although singleness can be kind of feel like wandering, it can feel like a burden sometimes. If God calls it a gift, we need to be people that steward the gift of God, the gifts of God well. Uh, so the question is here for us: uh, How do we do this when it comes to singleness? How do we how do we walk in this season of life faithfully? How do we? And it's not just how do we walk through seasons of singleness faithfully. How do we remove the burden that the world tries to put on us when it looks like at someone who is single and says, there's no place for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, Andrew. I think, I think part of it, uh, and this is maybe a, con- a consolation, um, but all of us are, were single or are single and then all of us will be single again. Um, you, you look forward to new creation and it, and it says that there, there, won't, there, won't, there won't be marriage. Um, why? It's because um, we're going to be part of the bride of the church and our bridegroom is Christ. And so man, like in the moment, what, okay, so what does that have to do with stewarding our singleness well? Uh, God right now has placed all of us within a family and within a body, and that is his church. And so, man, the stewarding singleness well looks, I mean, it looks like being a part of that family. And it's, I mean, it's really hard to be single. You really, I mean, you feel alone, you feel left out. Um, even in churches, you feel like there's not a, a, a place a place for you and people in churches we need to do a better job of making the church a family again that's a real problem um it's a real problem i mean um yeah i mean we we make marriage groups and then we put the singles over here and it's like i mean you wonder why you like things get worse you make make it make them feel less than human you know um but as part of stewarding it stewarding it well is is joining the family of God, and then in in those in that church relationship, you can get the benefits that come from marriage, regarding your sanctification, regarding, um, in some sense, knowing the other gender that shows you a kind of a different aspect of God's heart and character. 
Um, I, I think that marriage, in some sense, there's this, there's this uh, controversy like, does marriage complete you? Does it? I mean, I think in some sense it does, but it's not the only thing that completes you. Um, because, man, guys, we are uh, kind of bumbling fools, <laughs> and the presence of knowing and being in a relationship with a woman um, is a sanctifying thing. But you don't have to do that in marriage. That can happen in a church as brothers and sisters with each other, um, being being friends. And so, man, I would say joining a church and then um, devoting yourself really um, to God's work. It's a gift. You'll have more more time than, um, you know, if you had uh, a marriage or if you had kids. And so doing these things that um, God has called you to. And, I mean, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but, I mean, um, that's a thing that— um, I think glorifies God, but then also you'll be meeting and knowing and in a relationship with um, with other Christians who will be loving you. So, yeah, you know, William, I think that I think that in the midst of this, and I've said this for a long time, that so often the cultural church uh, of today uh, has has definitely geared more towards families than they have towards singles. And I always like to say, single people don't need another time to be told that they're single. They're well, they're well aware of the fact that they're single. They know they don't need the church to look at them by putting them in another group to say they're the singles in the midst of this. And because God is preparing so many things in them, so many things in us. What am I saying? It's them. It's us. We're, we're young adults, too. It's like the Lord is, the Lord is preparing things in, within jobs, within grad school, within uh, community and relationships in the city that they're in. Maybe me, being in a new city for the first time. There's a lot of transition happening in the midst of the young adult years. And some, some of that time is, is where you see young adults begin to date and be in relationships. But some of the times, you know, they're not at that point yet or they may not get, you know, they may not get there. And in the midst of that, it's important for us to be able to not look at singles as like, oh, they'll get there at some point. The Lord is speaking to them now. The Lord is using them now. They're a valued member of the body now. And I think that I think that for someone who may be sitting here listening, my question to you is, uh, in this season, my hope and prayer is that this is not just a season where you're preparing to be used, you're looking to be used now. Because hear me when I say God has a purpose and a plan for you now. It's not, it's not until you start dating someone or get married. or the, That's not when God begins to use you. God is using you now. And, and I think that you, know, you may be sitting there going, Andrew, I don't want to be single forever. William, I don't want to be single forever. In the midst of this, yeah. you know, in the midst of this, if you're desiring a relationship and you're worried that may not come, you know, or you've heard maybe in scripture that that Paul has said for some that singleness is a calling, am I that person? You know, I, I thought for yeah. so long, oh gosh, I don't want to have that. Calling. Can I? Can I? Can I speak yeah, on that? Yeah. Can I speak on that? Just just because it's a calling doesn't mean it's forever. Yeah, uh, you can be called to a season of singleness. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that's something that we need to be afraid of. Yeah. We, I mean, we really don't because um, God might go, hey, I'm calling you to singleness for right now, yeah. but not forever. And so, I mean, a lot of my story was, was being afraid about that. Yeah. 
being really fearful about that. Uh, and I, but I remember being at a, um, I went out to the woods with, with my, with my best friend and, um, we camped and made a big fire and he told me, he was like, you know, hey, God's, God's plan for your life is so much greater than what you think or what, what you expect. It's going to be okay. Like, don't fear, don't be afraid. And, um, and then I had like a long season of like being single but it was rich and wonderful, and now that's not my story anymore. Um, but that time was good. Um, but yeah, if you're listening, and like, I mean, this is a real fear for people. Amen. Um, but like, just know that like God, God's not gonna like <laughs> be like, this is your fate forever. It's like you know, it's a gift right now, and just take it moment by moment. I think so often, and this is the hard point for folks is we have to find a sense of contentment where God has has us in that season. And that's a hard thing. And it's okay. William, there were so many times in my life where I would look at people and people would ask either if I just got out of a relationship or I'd uh, I'd been single for a long season. There were times where I looked at people and said, you know, I'm not content. And I realize where I am, but I'm not at a place of peace yet. And that's a real... And I think it's important for us to be real where our hearts are and be praying, you know, saying, hey, I'm not content now. I'm praying for the Lord to heal those wounds in my heart and to come to a place of contentment. Because then there were also times where I could get to a place where saying, hey, I'm content where God has me. I do desire to be in a relationship. I do desire to get there. But I'm content where the Lord has me right now. And that is a difficult place to be, uh, or that's a difficult thing to do, but it's so important to be able to get to uh, in order to be able to receive all that God is saying. Uh, And the last thing I want to say, and then I'm going to throw it back over to you, is, is this. I don't think in the midst of singleness, there's anything wrong with desiring a relationship. Uh, but I think what, what gets us into trouble and where it, where it gets us into issues is where we let the longing of relationship outweigh our longing to know Jesus and to be able to seek after him above all else. When, when our desire of a relationship overtakes our passion and desire for seeking to know Jesus— uh, in the midst of that, we begin to get into trouble because we're beginning to honor and almost, I would even get to a point, because I want to say part of my story at some points or another was that I made desiring a relationship almost an idol. Right, yeah. And and so we have to make sure that we're watching and making sure that our utmost desire is seeking Jesus first. What do you think about all Yeah, that? man, yeah, I've got a, a couple couple comments uh, the first is it reminds me a lot about our conversation on friendship. Yeah. Um, it's the people who uh, are the ones that want friendship the most for the sake of friendship that find themselves not having many friends. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just want a friend. I just want a friend. But the nature of friendship is that it has to be based on some kind of mutual shared love. And as you're looking towards this thing, you begin walking together and you go, oh my gosh, you love this too. And then this gradual love for this thing becomes a love for each other. I think the same thing is true for relationships. I think, um, you know, talking about biblical marriage, uh, biblical marriage is really um, friendship 
more than it is romance, more than it is um, anything else. It's a, it's a mutual love for God when you're walking together towards Him and growing closer to each other. So if you're that person who's like, I just want a relationship so bad, it's this like gaping hole in you, you're probably going to end up in that, that, that cycle uh, like what you were saying. And it's like, maybe uh, go with the approach of, of friendship first. Find, focusing on the things that you love. I mean, that fill you up. And then as you are pursuing this kind of thing, there will be people who are pursuing that too. Yeah. And then friendship, um, you know, if it hap- if it just so happens, may become like a relationship. Yeah. Um, and so that's 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 one thing. Um, it's kind of like the the mirror of Erised from Harry Potter, um, where the only the only thing the only time that you can get the philosopher's stone is if you don't desire it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't desire relationships. I think that's a good thing. But I think pursuing things like like the kingdom, pursuing Christ first, pursuing the calling that God has given you, when you're doing those things, God will put people in your path that are walking next to you. And then that friendship will be the inroad to relationship. Mm-hmm. Second thing I would say is um, C.S. Lewis, Four Loves, definitely a book that anyone who is thinking about these kind of topics needs to read but he said any kind of love if it becomes a god it becomes a demon it takes everything and so if your um you know romantic lewis called eros becomes the highest point of your life then uh, it will consume you and then your idolatry of this other person will be such a such a great weight to bear that that other person can't carry it, and you'll crush them. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's like what it's like what you said. Like, man, what does it what does it look like to really seek the kingdom first? To um, you know, to give up those kind of lower loves of friendship, romance, attraction. Um, and keep Christ first, and then He will resurrect those lower loves and make them into the um, the form and shape and nature that they that they need to be. So, yeah. Uh, last last thing I'll say, and and then we can we can step step forward. But the church needs to recover its ancient um, ethos when it comes to singleness, because singleness. Uh, now, if you're single out here, you might be you might be kicking the early church here. But singleness is only a thing be, really because of the Christian church. Before the, before, uh, before the church, before Christ instituted the church, if you were single in the ancient world, you were destitute and heading to death, you were an outcast, or um, you were a prostitute. I mean, there was no viable way of living uh, in the ancient world as a, as a single person. And then what happened with the institution of the church was it gave, uh, it, it, it devalued the idolization of marriage in the ancient world. Because beforehand, if you were going to have social standing, if you were going to have a legacy, if you were going to have a future, um, it had to be through your children and through the stability of your immediate family. The church comes along and it says, 
the point of life is not marriage. The point of life is not bearing children. I mean, all those things are good, and we see in the Genesis story that God has, you know, called called us to do those kind of things. But the point of life is seeking the kingdom first and being brought up into the marriage of Christ and His church. And and now, if you're single, you have your dignity, and you have a family, and then you see how the early church had everything in common, and they provided for those singles. And um, and we need to recover that. Because what does it look like to provide for those singles now? It might not look like, mo- like money. It might look like emotional money, existential fulfillment, yeah. hospitality, like inviting um, them into your homes, making a welcoming space at churches for them. Um, because married people need the perspectives of singles too. Say that again. Married people need the perspective of singles too. Yes. And so I think that the church needs to recover its original identity as a place that made singleness a viable option and thoroughly dignified them. Man, I love that point because so often, you know, so often I think when you're in the season of singleness, you, you you think to yourself, if I just get to dating and if I just get to marriage, I made it. I've made it. I've made it. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, and, but if you looked at if the, if you had some married people sitting here on a microphone as well, they could probably look and say, guys, it's just the beginning. There's a whole lot of messing up and getting back up and messing up and getting back up that you walk down in the marriage relationship as well. Uh, but I, but. William, I don't want to miss that because we're going to have a separate conversation on dating and talking marriage and stuff. But I want to, I want to, I want to zone in for a second just on those folks uh, who are sitting in a season of singleness right now. But not just folks who are in a season of singleness right now, but folks maybe who were single, entered into a dating relationship, and are back single again. Because man, my heart, and this is part of my story, but my heart, I feel for people. Uh, um, because that's so much of my story. That's so much of my story. You know, there were, there were parts of my life where I've walked into dating relationships that have not been what the Lord's called, you know, what, uh, have not been good, have not been of the Lord. And, and when those end, it's hard. You grieve those. And man, I even look at, there have been seasons in my life where I've been so just knocked down over certain relationships, I've looked and said, what is wrong with me? Oh, yeah. I've been there. That's just real. I know that. You know, And I would sit there and I would look at people and say, I know within my head that that is not true, that looking at that there's something wrong with me, but I feel in my heart that that this is an outcome, that there must be something wrong with me if this is not working. And so I I look at singleness and I, I feel the realness uh, that people have entered in and 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 I know, you know, and we can look at it and say, oh, you're gonna get there, you're gonna get there, you're gonna get there. But in that moment, it's hard. It is hard. It's hard. And so, man, I just want to speak life into some, I just want to yeah. speak life into some people. I want, I want people to know and hear what God says about them 
not as a single person, but as a child of God, who just happens to be single at this moment. Uh, will you just will you launch into that for us, and then I'll I'll have some thoughts on that. I, absolutely, man. Uh, what you said at the end uh, is it. You are a child of God. You are His beloved. His beloved, whom God loves so much that He sent His Son to die for you. I mean, uh, Saint Augustine said, "Even if you were the only one who ever existed, God would have still sent Christ. He loves you that much." Uh, and then, when Jesus was was baptized, beginning His earthly ministry, why was He baptized? He was baptized so that he could make baptism holy and associate with us. He didn't have any sin. Why does he need to get washed? Well, he did it to come and be with us in those kind of things. And so, and what did God say when Jesus was baptized? Behold, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. In Christ, God says the same thing to you, over you. He declares that. He loves you like that. He, you're his beloved. And talking about Christ, Jesus was single. Jesus um, was the most complete, real, fully human, savior of the world man, and he was single. And so you, as a single person, if that's your story, or if you know someone who uh, is that that story and they feel less than or they I mean they're feeling that comparison and that envy and that and that weight um, Christ is with you he's with you he walked he's he walked that path walked that path to the cross um, and then I, I wanted to read this is um, from meaning of marriage by Tim Keller there's a whole whole chapter on singleness and, and Tim listed some of the harmful things that are said in churches because I mean it's hard to it's hard to know what to say to speak uh, to, 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 to make it okay for a single um, and this is what um, this is what he said uh, this, these are in quotes like what people say to singles as soon as you're satisfied with God alone he'll bring someone special into your life as though God's blessing ever earned is ever earned by our contentment. You're too picky. As though God is frustrated by our fickle whims and needs a broader parameter in which to work. As a single, you can commit yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord's work. As though God requires emotional martyrs to do His work, of which marriage must be no part. Before you can marry someone wonderful, the Lord has to make you someone wonderful. As though God grants marriage as a second blessing to the satisfactorily sanctified. The, all those words hurt. <laughs> and I mean, the good news is, is that like God, I mean, God loves you and he's not, he's not holding back for you. And this isn't a works righteousness thing. Yeah. I mean, we talked about knowing your gardening project and stepping into who God called you to be. Like, that's the gift of singleness. But God isn't like, all right, once you cross this line, then I'm going to give you this wonderful thing, you know? It's just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And, and we believe in grace, in getting gifts that are completely unearned, that we don't deserve, that we didn't work for, you know? Um, and then I'll read one more, one more quote from this um, 
uh, from this book, and then I'll throw it over to you, Andrew, for some encouragement. But this is from um, Paige Brown. I don't know who Paige Brown is, but Tim Keller quoted her, so she must be legit. Paige. But uh, I think uh, that, I mean, she's living in a, a season of singleness, probably an older single young adult or ad adult, and uh, neither you and I have, you know, been through our 30s or 40s as a single, so we don't know what that's about, but this is what she says. Let's face it, singleness is not an inherently inferior state of affairs, yes. but I want to be married. I pray to that end every day. I may meet someone and walk down the aisle in the next couple of years because God is so good to me. I may never have another date because God is so good to me. And so singleness or marriage, neither one of those changes God's love for you. It is the same, and it is um, pounding, pounding heart. Um, because he loves you, and not only that, he is in love with you. And I just want to echo all that, and I want to hear this, and I want to speak these words over you. God has not forgotten about you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not a failure. And I think it's so often that we think we're walking, and when we've entered into a dating relationship, we really need to step it up now because we were dating someone and we could possibly get married to them. But no, God has called us for, to be a part of his body now. He says, no, I have great work for you now. Uh, there's opportunity in the harvest. And the question is, will you be someone who goes out and sows uh, and sows the seed that has been placed? And I, But I think it's so often, you know, when we think about dating versus singleness we say oh that's success versus failure i think it's i I don't think it's fair to look at dating versus singleness as kind of a a success versus failure kind of thing amen there's a lot of relationships that are failing right now Uh, i think god uses seasons of our life to mold us and prepare us to be the person that he's called us to be and so often, you know, again, I, say, I said this before, but I say it again. There were so many seasons in my life where I thought, if I make it into a relationship, I've made it. I've, I've been the person that God has called me to be. Uh, but so often in those moments, God has shown me the best of myself and the worst of myself as well. Uh, and I think it's so often in the seasons that we least expect or the seasons where we're looking the least where God almost moves in the moments and then in the places uh, where we least expect it. Uh, The question for us is whether we're in a season of singleness, whether we're in a season of dating, whether we're in a season of marriage, uh, the question that we have to ask is, will we truly commit our lives to God again? Saying, God, will not my will be done, but thy will be done. Not just in our workplaces, not just in our homes, not just, uh, not just you know, wherever we may be. But it's also in our dating relationships. It's also in our seasons of singleness that we enter in saying, God, not my will, but thy will. But I, wanna hear, I want to share this, though. Hurt is real. Hurt is real. And single, singleness and dating is vulnerable. And it takes putting yourself out there. 
And I want to say this more than anything because I shared this at the very beginning of this episode saying, you know, one of the biggest traps for believers is seeing a good thing that's not a God thing. Don't settle into a relationship to, to relieve that desire of being in a relationship, to just get to that point. But wait for what God has in store for you. Wait, because in the midst of this, you want to wait for the God thing. You don't want to wait for the good thing. You want to wait for the God thing. And it's, it's easy to say that uh, and just it's hard to receive that in a season of singleness. But cling to that because I want to say this again because William already said it. God has not forgotten about you. You are not a failure. And in the midst of this, God loved you, not the person that you're with, not the season of life that you're in, but the person that you are right in this moment. He loved you so much. He sent his only son for you. Don't you forget it and continue, continue, continue to be you. Don't settle to try and be less than you are. Don't try and settle to just fill a desire that you think will ensue because I promise you, you want to wait for the God thing, not the good thing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the metaphor of the, of the desert and wandering is really apt here. Um, I think of, you know, the Israelites. They wandered for, for 40 years, and at times they wanted to go back to Egypt. And you're totally right. It's not worth settling for, for something that can, you know, scratch that itch of desire or um, a momentary fulfillment. Um, with things that uh, are out, outside of God, I mean, it really—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's not worth it. But it is worth sticking with Him, and God meets you in the wilderness. Amen. I mean, when Jesus, after He got baptized, where did He go? Spirit led Him to the desert, yeah. and that was a time of strength for Him. Yeah, man, and and so I want to close with this because. Uh, so often we, we launch into the encouragement, but I want to ask a real question because this is yeah. a question that, uh, I want to ask a very real question because I think this is a question that so many singles have either asked or are asking right now. It's a question that I've asked over the course of my life. Uh, and I think it's important for us to address, and I really can't think of a better way to end this conversation with this question, because we need to address the real questions and the real issues that are on our hearts and on people's hearts. And so William, kind of as we close so often, I hear it. Why has God not given me a relationship? I desire this. I've prayed for it. I want it. I'm trying to be better. Why has God not given me a relationship? How would you respond to that? And what are some words you'd share with our listeners as we close? Yeah, I, I, I'd say this. You are not behind. You're not lacking. You are not missing God's where God, like God's mission for your life because you're single. Um, why is God not giving that to you? I don't know. Um, but what I can tell you is that what he's giving you right now is good. And he's, I mean, he's inviting you into his life. I mean, the whole, I mean, the reason why we desire a relationship is because we live in a relational Trinitarian universe. Um, God is love. I mean, you want to talk about 
the highest and most full source of fulfillment, um, relational fulfillment, being known, being seen. Uh, that's the Trinity. And the reason why there is anything in this world is so that you can be drawn up into that relationship with God. I mean, he is, I mean, he is speaking tenderly to you. He loves you. He's pursuing you. I mean, just like the way the, the husband pursues the woman in Song of Solomon. That is how God, God is pursuing you. Um, and so why, why hasn't he given you a relationship? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is a time for, for you to be seeking the kingdom first. Maybe it's a time for you to be knowing your gardening project. Maybe it's a time for you uh, in the waiting so that your heart can expand and you can be the kind of person who can handle that gift when it comes. But maybe that's not true. You know, I don't want to be that person who says, hey, you gotta, your heart's got to be in the right place before God's given that to you. I don't know if that's you. It might be. It might not be. But what I can tell you is he's pursuing you right now. And he loves you. And, um, and this season of waiting is not wasted on God. God doesn't waste anything. Yeah, man, I think uh, there's two things I want to point to in Scripture that I think is good right now. You know, Matthew says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's not to say, I think Andrew's here to say, if you seek after God, he'll give you a relationship. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. But I think that in the midst of this, part of trusting God's will is trusting God's timing. And I think that as we are faithful to seek God's kingdom first, not just in our relationships, but in our workplaces, in our homes, that kind of that uh, continuing to be faithful to wash the dishes kind of conversation that we've had in previous episodes. Uh, I think God recognizes the desires of our hearts. And when we seek him, we'll be able to stay in line and connected to that. And I love another word I want to share on that is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar looks at them and says, hey, you're going to bow down to me. And they said, no, we're not. And he said, hey, you're going to bow down to me. And he said, and they said, no, we're not. And he looks at him and he says, if you don't bow down to me, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And he said, he said, well, we're not going to bow down to you, but even if you throw us in the fire, we believe that our God will, will be there to protect us. But I love this part. But even if he doesn't show up, we're not going to bow down to you. And I think what, an, what a testament of faith. What a testament uh, of being able to step up and say, hey, I'm going to seek after God when I don't know what's coming. I'm going to seek after God in the midst of hurt and pain. I'm going to seek after God that in the midst of this, I trust that my God's going to be faithful. And I think my prayer and my hope for someone who's asking the question, why is God not giving me a relationship? I'm going to also say, I don't know. I'm also going to say I don't know, but, but what I am going to say here is this. God desires your questions. God desires that real pain that you may be feeling in the midst of that. And what I would say is God is not afraid 
of the real status of where your heart is. If you're hurting, if you're in pain, if you have questions, bring those to him in a real status, in a real place. And say, God, I'm mad. Sometimes it's God, I'm mad. Sometimes, God, I'm scared. Sometimes, God, I'm sad. Those are the things that we feel in a real sense sometimes. But bring those to him. And I promise you, just as he goes before us, just as he just as he has all the power to be able to handle the realness of our heart, whether that's good or bad, he has all the love to be able to say he's going to walk with you every single step of the way. Uh, so Amen Thanks for joining in on our conversation today on Singles William and I both understand and, we, and our hope and prayer is during this conversation today you hear the truth uh, that singleness is not waiting to get into the game you already are in the game And God has opportunities and he desires to mold you to be the person that he's called you to be now. So our prayer and hope is that you continue to be faithful, continue to seek his kingdom first. And it's in the moments where you at least expect, even in the wandering years, uh, that God can sometimes move in the craziest of ways. Uh, So as you're listening, we'd encourage you uh, to follow us, give us a review, five stars. Uh, Continue on this journey with us as we walk through the wandering years, and we're excited to what God has in store for us and the conversations to come.